0: All right. Three days of advanced polling are now over. And uh, boy, we've got over 400,000. I think it's 460,000, something like that, that have already cast their ballots. Um, in advance polling i mean election day is monday as you know you can still cast your ballot ahead of time today and tomorrow and a lot of people are choosing this option so what does that tell us does it tell us anything we're going to chat with jason ribeiro who is a political analyst and the president of the Calgary Surge of the cebl he joins us every week to sort of walk through what we've seen in the week of the campaign thus far jason thanks for joining us appreciate your time Good morning. So this rush to the advanced polling, I mean, boy, Albertans turning out in big, big numbers. What do we make of it? Anything? Should we put any stock in that?
1: Well, look, I think we can we can analyze a few things, right, not knowing the outcome of some of these ballots. And I think that the first is, you know, certainly advanced voting is a more convenient option, right? And, yeah. and the, the fact that Elections Alberta has done a great job of socializing this, with albertans uh, i think is a testament to how we can make voting easier and call a lot of people in to participate in our democracy secondly it indicates to me that people know who they want to vote for so that decided vote uh, seems to be very locked in and parties are getting better at turning out their supporters early to be able to build momentum to give that social license to say in the office, hey. I voted blue, hey, I voted orange, Uh, and and have that be the run-up to election day. So I think the decideds are coming out, um, shows that there's a very locked-in vote in this two-party system, and that folks love the more convenient option of being able to vote.
0: Um, And I think you make a good point in terms of where we are in this campaign. If you're one of the political parties, at this point, the campaigning is almost done. There's going to still be announcements, there's still going to be events, but at this point, the focus has shifted, right? Now the focus is, okay, the the supporters that we picked up over the course of this campaign, let's make sure they actually go out and vote. It's motivating your base to go cast a ballot, right?
1: Exactly, right? And I think that this is where it's, it's almost a dangerous place for parties to be in because you're not fully in control, right? The, the, the ability to turn out your vote actually happens months and months prior. This is where ground gain matters. This is where the deployment of resources matters. This is where yeah. the margin for error is really, really low. And you have to be one big speech isn't going to do it for you and so now we're starting to see the parties get really organized uh and and uh, reap the benefits of of some pre-work that they've done and and frankly i'll say in my home city of calgary this is where i've seen the ndp be more organized than i have seen them uh ever to be honest their get out the vote the sign wars they've done a
0: lot of work since 2015. uh we'll get to the two primary parties in a second but first i want to talk about the the third parties, if you will, in the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, whatever the case may be. Uh, um, Do you think any of them actually have a chance of impacting this race? Like, I I, I don't really anticipate any of them are even going to win a seat. Maybe, maybe I, I, I wouldn't bet on it, but could they be influential in terms of some of the close writings? How much of an impact do you think Alberta Party, Liberals, Greens, they might have on this race?
1: Yeah, I think you framed it correctly. Look, it's it's not about winning a seat. Uh, I think that that's safely written off for, for some of these other parties beyond the primary, too. But the question is, if all the public polling that we've seen to date, at least the aggregate, shows how tightly contested this is going to be and could come down, to either a few hundred or a thousand votes in key ridings. And again, I go back to the the 2016 presidential race in the the United States, decided by a few tens of thousands of votes in an entire massive country. The same thing could happen in some of these swing ridings. And if 100 votes or 50 votes or 200 votes gets uh, directed towards the Alberta Party or or some of the more right-leaning conservative parties and that cannibalizes support for the NDP or the UCP that absolutely could have an outcome in that riding and that riding may have an impact on the overall outcome of the election.
0: Um, Taking a look back at the I mean, we've seen months of campaigning here, Jason, as you know, but officially since May 1st but it's been going on for a lot longer. Do you think um, anything, can you point to any one instant where you said, whoa, that probably swung some people? I mean, the there's all kinds of things about what daniel smith has said in the past and all and i think that may have been disconcerting for a lot of people but aside from that do you think there's been a moment where people actually were moved one way or the other or were were we already sort of locked in you know i i thought a lot about this you know
1: about campaign narratives and and what's going to be turning the dial for for people and i I go back to two instances I, i think for many people the, the most recent video, particularly in Calgary here and, and some of the more moderate portions of Calgary that are really true blue kind of progressive conservative supporters. The comment that that leaked about the vaccinated who had followed the UCP's own medical health guidance being compared to yeah. to Nazis really deeply unsettled a lot of people. And had them considering voting orange or staying home for the first time ever. Um, I know that that was a, that was a bridge too far in many ways. The second thing has nothing to do with narrative or, or election issues. It was tactics and that was the ads. Those ads that played from both the NDP and the UCP. Was a constant, constant, constant conversation piece for people in offices, for people in rinks and basketball courts talking about, Oh my God, I'm going to watch a YouTube video to catch up on my NBA highlights and I'm being barraged by three ads about healthcare or affordability or, or energy and, and very American style framings of painting the other party in a, in, a, in a light that wasn't complimentary. And it was either so overwhelming that they said, I don't want to vote for either of these parties, and I'll either hold my nose or stay home, or it locked in those folks to say, I care about health care, I care about affordability, I'm going to vote orange, or I'm going to vote blue.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. There's been a lot of talk uh, here on the station, on the text line as well, about the advertising, and the tone of a lot of it has really put some people off. Be interesting to see how that plays out. So we're, well, let's call it 72 hours, a little less, uh, till the polls open Monday morning. And then at that point, it's all in the hands of the voters. There's nothing the parties can do at that point. I mean, uh, I'm not going to ask you to make any predictions. I won't make any predictions. I think it's that close. But uh, it's going to be a long night for us, I think, on Monday, Jason.
1: I do. I, I, think, I think so as well. Uh, and, you know, the, the challenge is going to be, if it does come down in particular ridings that are going to make an, a macro-level difference at the province, you know, if it's within a threshold, is are, are people going to ask for recounted ballots uh, if if the margin is 100 or 50 votes? Um, that could make it a long night. I think, secondly, what could make it a long night is the fact that, you know, the balance of power could be swung to where you're in a, a minority situation in a two-party, you know, province. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? How does that drag out? And And, and then I think the third is, you know, really thinking about, you know, what this means for, for the NDP and the UCP. And the challenge has always been for the NDP. They've got to outperform 2015's numbers that formed, that allowed them to form government. The, the math has changed, right? And, and I think the math in Calgary is going to be a huge part of it. But the UCP does have that incumbency advantage. And, and they've been going flat out, as I've seen of late, with rallies and the like, um, and, and really turning on, you know, some big key landmark proposals in a city that's going to make a difference around an arena. Around, uh, you know, no tax increases and these really red meat issues. Does that push them over the line in the next few days? That's going to be interesting to see. But I think for the NDP, they know what they need to do. They need to outperform those numbers. I think they'll know very quickly whether they are or they're not. Uh, and, and we're going to be able to call that, uh, that live on, on all chorus and, and global stations.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an interesting night for sure. And I guess in some ways it's kind of good that, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting, election night lots of times it's over you know before it even starts so at least we'll have something to talk about this time
1: yeah no i i think um you know while while it has been bruising while there has been a campaign even before the writ even dropped and and let's be clear you know our our province our communities have gone through a pretty tumultuous year. You know, we've gone through a few years. We've gone through leadership elections, infighting, uh, you know, this cannibalization of the other parties to where it's a two-party system. It's been bruising. And I think for, for many people, I know they're excited for it to be over, that there's a sense of relief. But I know for others, they just want stability and they want to be out of this constant flux of battling back and forth. And maybe that's part of doing politics in 2023, but maybe it's not. And maybe we get some resolution from the outcome uh on on monday evening to say here's where we're going to go forward as a province and and hopefully uh that's that's what emerges from the narrative that we have a government that there is a clear direction and, and we're able to breathe a sigh of relief that we can go back to the things that matter in our communities and not be paying as close attention to some of the the machinations that are going on in and outside of the legislature
0: yeah we're going to talk more about that in just a minute but jason thanks so much for your time i appreciate you being here as always